0: Hey, good morning. Good morning, you guys. I uh, oh, hope you're doing well on this uh, Sunday morning, and uh, everything's going amazing for you. Uh, John, hope your finger's doing well. Praying for you, and I uh, hope all those babies are doing amazing, and um, uh, you guys are doing well. We, I'm excited. We, we finished up our first John series all in and I hope we're all in more than we ever have been. Uh, But we're gonna start a new series as uh, we begin this kind of holiday season called, Oh, the Joy. And we're gonna just look at some really cool passages of scripture about joy, and uh, how joy should play a part in our life, and we're gonna kind of crack into that today. Uh, But a couple of things I wanna let you guys know about, we are trying to love our city. This is huge, this is big, this is what the church is all about, loving our city. We want to love our neighbors. We want to do things that get us involved with them, and we want to be out in the world, uh, impacting the world, doing things that get us in the in the presence of people who don't know Jesus. Intentionally, we're giving out some Thanksgiving boxes to um, families that need a Christmas uh, Thanksgiving meal, and also we'll be doing some meals, individual meals for the homeless. Uh, I'm excited about that around Thanksgiving. We are doing a little event called Taste of Bethlehem here at the building. Um, love for you to come and be a part of that. We're going Christmas caroling on the 13th. If you wanna come and go sing, we'll probably uh, hit some of our shut-ins and some of uh, people that we are connected to that just need to be encouraged, and we're gonna go do that. We had an amazing night, Wednesday night. This past Wednesday night is our last Wednesday for the holidays. We take a break up until January on Wednesday nights. But our teenagers uh, challenged our adults to Bible trivia. And the result is teens, 620 adults, 615. The teens, whoop, whoop, did great. Good job, guys. Proud of our teenagers. Um, We've got a great group of teenagers here at this church. Some of them... Have, it's just they're just beginning to understand and learn the Bible, Bible stuff, and uh, what the Bible's about, and who wrote the books, and how many books there are, and all those things about the Scripture. Uh, and they have come so far, and they have learned so much, and it's it's kind of cool to see them learn this stuff about God, things that matter. You know that's important. All oh, the joy we begin this new series, and this is a much, much, much. Needed a series because our world is in a hurt. You might say that we are in a world of hurt because the world is hurting. Like more and more the world is hurting. Seems like every day we wake up and there's more brokenness, more homelessness, more depression, more drug uh, deaths more evil, more liberalism, more wokeism, more confusion, more the norm is tossed out the window and just chaos and anything kind of goes. We live in a world of hurt, kind of like my Buffalo Bills. Yes, I had to bring it up. Our bills, our bills, what is going on? We're in a world of hurt, struggling, right? We've abandoned the playbook. Forsake what got got us here. Poor execution. Fumble the ball. 12 is the new 11. And I'm talking really not even about the bills, I'm talking about the world. Like, things are just nuts. You know, there's a lot of mean things that people do. I bet you've done some mean things. I've done some mean things. But probably one of the meanest things that you could do is to go cow tipping. Now, admit it, how many of you have ever tipped over a cow? Not the nicest thing in the world. For for a young person who's tipping over that cow, that's challenging. You know, that's a big cow and you're like, is it gonna turn on me and bite me? But no, you you know, he's heavy. For the cow, it's not a good day really hard to get back up if you're a cow on your side or on your back. Well, this whole world that we live in has gotten cow-tipped. We're we're upside down, we're, we're backwards, we're confused, and we are in a world of hurt. And what we need, what we need is a good, good word. What we need is an encouraging word. What we need is a a word of hope and a word of encouragement. Not empty hype, but reassuring truth. That's what we need. And Paul, to the Philippians, is going to be our inspiration from today all the way to 2024. Like, as we look down the road of November and December, are kind of holiday months, we are going to be uh, focusing our attention on not countering, but on the joy, the joy that we have in Jesus, and, and let me just say right off the bat that this joy is not just some fake, made-up, bubbly, happy-happy-go-lucky all the time. This joy is is a joy that is inside of us. It's this like bubbling inside, deep joy that no matter what happens on the surface of life or to me or around me, from within me, there's this sense of peace and calmness and, and power and stability and assurance that Jesus is living in me. And from that I have joy, even though, even though the things in the world may not all be going well, or my life may not all be lined up like I'd like it to be. I have inside of me this deep joy that should express itself in my face and in my attitude all the time. But, but I, we all have to admit at times it's not that easy, but we know In the end it's going to be okay because deep within us we know Jesus wins and together with him we win and together with him we have this joy because we already know what the outcome of it all is going to be and we win because he wins and we're connected to him and so we have joy even if we fail along the way, even if we lose along the way, even if things don't go great along the way, we have this eternal joy living in us. And so Philippians, Paul, Paul is so excited about the Philippian church. I mean, he wrote a bunch of letters to different churches, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, all these different churches. But Philippians, the Philippians, he has so much pride and joy for and so we're going to let this letter kind of uh, springboard us into each of the messages in the coming days. And we're in Philippians chapter 1. If you have your Bible, open up to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to read this passage and we're going to kind of just draw some things from this, these verses about this joy that only comes from God, this, this, this joy that should fill our soul. Look what Paul says, Philippians chapter one. He says, I thank my God every time that I remember you. Isn't that cool? I hope we have people in our life that when we think of them, when their name comes up, when when we're reminded of them again, we have this, you know, there's people in our life that when we think of them, we're like, oh no, man, I'm glad I moved away from that place or man, I'm glad I don't have to see that person anymore. You know, we got those people too. But there ought to be people in our life that when we think of them, it puts a smile on our face and joy in our heart because of the great memories that we had together. I mean, there ought to be those people in our life. Uh, Trish and I have had all kinds of people that, in ministries that we've had all around, uh, you know, the seven or eight different cities and ministries that we have been able to be a part of, we have made some good friends in lots of places that we still, when I remember those people, I have really good memories of doing ministry together with them, just living life together, working for the kingdom of God and serving in the church together with those people. They made, they made the ministry better. They made the work of the kingdom better because they were there. Paul says, I thank my God when I remember you guys. You Philippians, you you believers over there in Philippi, the Philippian church. In all my prayers, he says, in all of my prayers, Paul says, for all of you, I always pray with joy. There it is. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, this is such a great passage of scripture because Paul is clearly pumped up. He is like, he is like, Hyped up, man. He's writing this letter to these people. He's going to send it to them. And he is like bubbling. Like and this is one of those letters that that when you write it, you're like so excited to write it. You're just You're just, there's so much you want to say because of such the good feelings that you have about the people who are going to get this letter. Like whether it's a birthday card or an anniversary card or whatever it is, you're like excited to write it because you're so like connected to that person. That's how Paul is. He's pumped. He's jacked up. Not because his team won the World Series. Not because he won the lottery. Not because he got a new car in his driveway. But Paul is pumped up because of what, specifically because of what God is doing among them. Because of what God is doing around him. And what their God is doing together with these people. And Paul has had the awesome opportunity to be around that. The question for us as we kind of think about this is what is God doing around you? Like what is God doing around you? Maybe maybe in your family, maybe in your community, maybe in your workplace, maybe in the church, maybe in your own life, maybe your marriage, maybe in your with your kids, what is the Lord Doing around you. I can tell you with 100% certainty that God is working, that he is doing things all around you. So, what's God up to in your life? What is the Lord doing in your life? Now, I wish you were here live with me because we would take some time to talk about this, and we will, live. But I, I hope and pray that you will take a few minutes right now and think about what is God doing in my life? What is God doing around me? Do I even see what God is doing? Do I Am I noticing what the Lord is up to around me? What does he want to do in my life? And, and and am I missing it or am I seeing it? Am I in tune with what the Holy Spirit is doing in and around me as his child? Uh, you know that joy, joy, this this idea of joy, it's it's an emotion that we choose. Right, you can choose to be miserable if you want. You you know, and there's people that walk around miserable. They're 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 not happy people. They grump about everything, and that's that's a choice. They may not realize they're choosing that, but they're choosing that. And joy is a choice as well. You can walk around and 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 have a negative attitude. You can walk around with a positive attitude. It is up to you what you want to do. Joy is an emotion that we choose. It's never good to make decisions, we know this, uh, based on emotions. We should not use our emotions to make important decisions, ever. We base our decisions, like John said in our series on All In, on the truth. It's it's what Jesus and what God has said, we make our decisions based on the truth. But, But emotions, we can't deny that emotions play a role, in our attitude right if you're a grumpy person you are going to be negative about everything no matter what it is you're going to grump 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 your way through your day if you're a joyful person you're going to start to see things in a positive light things are going to be uh what i can do not what i can't do the glass is going to be half full not half empty and so joy is it it helps us with our attitude our emotions and emotions that are under control benefit us when we have our emotions in check and we are in control of them they will help us in life and this particular emotion of joy is a powerful emotion When you have joy in your life, like when you have this deep-seated joy of God in you, in your heart, in your mind, like it's coming from deep within. It isn't a surface joy where one day you're happy, the next day you're miserable, the next day you're happy. That's not real joy, That's, that's fake joy, that's worldly joy. Real joy comes from within. It's like God is inside of me and his joy is leaking out of me. When you have that, you better everyone around you. You become a very positive influence on the world. You become an encouraging person to others. You become the kind of person that others want to be around because you've, you're happy, because you're excited, because you find the good in things, not the bad right? And it all comes from Jesus living in us and this joy kind of coming up out of us. So the question for us is, what is Paul so pumped up about about them? What, what is bringing this deep joy into Paul's heart? Well let's look at some things that is doing that. And let's see if we can uh, apply this as we go to our own lives, okay? Think about it. First thing that we see that has pumped Paul up is his sweet memories of these people. Look what he said. I thank my God every time I remember you. That's, that's, that's what's pumping Paul up. He thinks about them, and he's got these awesome memories of them. I thank my God. In all of my prayers, he says, I always pray with joy. God, thank you for them. Thank you for these people. Not, 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 you know, some of our prayers are, God, why, why doesn't that person wake up? God, why doesn't that person have some vision? God, why doesn't why why don't these people like care about the lost? You know, like some of our prayers are like that. Those are hard prayers. Those are tough prayers. Those are like grinding prayers. Not this one. This is Paul saying, like, when I think about them, everything is awesome. They are great people. They are awesome people. They're on fire for God. They're doing what God wants. I'm glad to be a part of this group. Like, this is a good, easy prayer for Paul. Paul's great memories of these believers. He's so proud of them, their faith, and their progress. Like Paul on his second missionary journey, remember when the church first began, and Jesus sent them out, and then Paul comes in uh, as a oh, as a, a late blooming apostle. Remember, he's he's going around. Paul is crucifying, not crucifying, but he's killing Christians. He's Saul of Tarsus, and he's killing Christians, and then Jesus grabs a hold of his life and Jesus changes Paul's heart and now Paul is on fire for Jesus and on Paul's second missionary journey Paul has this vision of this person from Macedonia saying come come here come here and so from Troas if you're looking at the map of uh you know the Middle East where uh the promised land is and the Mediterranean Sea and and then where um uh Philippi is, and Rome, and all all these places around the Mediterranean Sea, Uh, you'll see that Paul is in Troas, and he has this vision to go to Macedonia, and so he goes to Macedonia, and the first place that he goes is this place called Philippi, and this is where Paul establishes this church in Philippi, some years ago before this writing, before he wrote Philippians. There he he meets a woman by the name of Lydia. She becomes his first convert. And she and all of her household are baptized into Jesus. It's here in Philippi that Paul and Silas are thrown in prison and there's this great earthquake and the chains are loose and the gates open up and Paul and Silas... Are there and the guard is about to kill himself, and Paul says, Don't harm yourself. And instead, the guard takes them home, he cleans them up, he feeds them dinner, and the guard and his household are baptized into Jesus. Right? See, the church, the church, Paul goes to Philippi, and this church that never was in Philippi now begins to grow it, it's birth in philippi by lydia and the philippian jailer and now others converts are coming into this group of christians but but paul then he visits philippi on his third j- journey and paul spends time teaching them and and sharing life together this young passionate Paul, who once was killing Christians, is now willing, uh, now out preaching the gospel about Jesus. Paul has, he's got these memories as he's writing this letter later on from a prison in Rome. Paul's writing this letter to the Philippians and he's remembering, he's remembering these awesome experiences that he had with those people. And how the church maybe was birthed, and how Lydia came to know Jesus, and how she told her friends, and and they were thrown in prison, and and how God used that to reach even more people. These are great. These are great memories that Paul has with these people because they came to know Jesus, and together they grew the church, they grew the kingdom, and souls. We're getting saved. These are the greatest memories. These are the greatest memories. The memories that lead to souls saved are always the greatest memories. The events that led to your salvation, the the events that led to my salvation, these are the greatest memories to remember, to remember. I thank my God every time I remember. These are the greatest memories. Family members being baptized in baptistries and in swimming pools. An elderly guy in Indiana that was so sick, we had to baptize him in his bathtub in his apartment. People that have been baptized in the ocean, or at Park Springs in in the pool. Some of our people right here who have given their life to Christ and were immersed right here into this baptistry or are in this baptistry into Jesus. See, we remember like our own kids, we, we like to remember. We remember good things that they do in their life and trophies they win and, and accomplishments that they have. But even more so, what we remember is when they gave their life to Jesus and they were immersed into Christ and they surrendered completely to Him. The Bible is packed with remembrances. God is big on remembering. He's concerned about where we're going, don't get me wrong. He's concerned about our future, but he also remembers where we came from. He remembers what we've been through that got us to where we are today. And we should never forget some of those spiritual uh, pillars in our life that got us from point A to point B to where we are today and where we're going tomorrow. These are huge monuments in our life that matter. And the Bible's packed with this. Every festival that the Jews celebrate is in memory of what God did back in the Old Testament every celebration and every feast, including the Passover celebration that they we still recognize today that ties the Old Testament, right? The deliverance from Egypt when God passed over those homes that had the blood on the doorpost and he spared those firstborn boys to the New Testament where Jesus hung on that cross and his body and his blood was shed that covers you and me and and, and death no longer can have its sting on us because of what Jesus has done and the blood that was shed. And we remember, we remember these things every Sunday. We share in the Lord's Supper to remember Jesus who gave his life for us. Says right there, remembering Jesus. That's what we do. We remember. And now Paul is older and he's writing this letter from Rome in prison and he's remembering all these things. He's remembering his past years of ministry, especially with these people and what God has done eternal great things. Great things in the lives of people that have led to their eternal salvation. And as Paul is thinking about these things, Paul is filled with this great joy. This great joy. Do you remember? Do you remember where God has brought you? What you were and what you are now today? Do you remember? Do you remember that, that the events that led you to this very moment in your life, the spiritual landmarks that are in your life, that God has done great things to bring you to this moment, the people that He's put in your life, the events that had to happen to get you to this moment, and what God brought you here for? Do you remember what God has brought you here for? Have you forgotten why? God saved you. Extreme joys. Extreme joy comes when a life is changed and a soul is saved. There's a lot of joy in life, but extreme joy comes when people make eternal moves. Do you know what makes the angels rejoice in the Bible? Do you know what makes the angels rejoice in the Bible? Well, in the Bible, angels rejoice at Jesus. Things around and things about Jesus, right? His throne, his glory, and his birth. But they also rejoice on one other thing. The angels rejoice when one sinner repents and turns to Jesus. All of heaven breaks out in celebration when a soul gives their life to Christ In no other way do we read about the angels rejoicing over anything else on this planet other than a soul that gives their life to Jesus. And Paul is joyful over the sweet memories that he has with these people. Secondly, secondly, his joy is for their partnership, the sweet partnership that they have together. Look what it says. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, Paul says. The partnership. From the moment he arrived in Philippi and Lydia and the others coming to know Jesus and the church is formed. What started with one guy, Paul, who traveled over to Philippi and probably with Silas and maybe with Timothy and maybe with Luke. They went over there and is now this body of Christ that is growing, full of converts, all moving together. Each person doing some part of the ministry, working together. Those that once were lost now partners with Paul and with the apostles and with Jesus to reach their city with the gospel, to love their city, to Jesus, like to share the love of Christ with the world. Their partnership is sweet to Paul. In chapter four, later on at the end of the letter, Paul says this, this is their partnership, an example of it, yet it was good for you He's talking to these Philippians it was good for you to share in my troubles that Paul was having moreover as you Philippians know in the early days of our of your acquaintance with the gospel when I set out from Macedonia not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only for even when I was in Thessalonica you sent me a more than once once when I was in need See, that's their partnership. That's their partnership that Paul had with these people, that they were with Paul. They supported Paul. They continued to support Paul, whether he was with them or not. He felt their support and their love and their prayers. I remember our missionaries. That's what I think about our I remember Juan in Mexico, and I think of Ronnie in Haiti. Uh, Some of our missionaries have lots of people supporting them, lots of churches supporting them. But some of our missionaries, like Juan and Ronnie, they have very few people supporting them. We are only one of a few that support them. And so I know it's sweet to remember them, but I'm sure for them, it's sweet for them to remember that we're right here with them, supporting them in their work as partners in the gospel, as as we are able to support them so that they can stay right there on the front lines, reaching lost souls in their cities. How important that is. It's always better to go to battle with a partner it's always better to go to battle with a partner who is faithful, a partner who, is, who has some allegiance to the cause, and a partner you can depend on. But it is very difficult to find dependable partners in this world. Paul is pumped up because of the sweet partnership that he has with them. And this is what brings Paul great joy and the third thing is this paul is excited because of what god is doing because of the work of god and it is sweet the work of god is sweet paul says being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of christ jesus paul is able to see the progress of these christians and this thrills paul's heart He has great confidence that God, the God who began the work, is going to continue this work. God is going to continue what he's doing and use them in even greater ways, just like God changed Paul himself. Paul has firsthand experience and what it's like to go from a murderer, one who killed Christians, to one who is now serving God and willing to give his life as a believer. Paul, just like, just like I am confident, I am confident that God is still working on you and he's still working on me and how far God has brought us. Like just think of how far God has brought us. When when we jumped into the journey with Jesus, when we gave our life to him and surrendered to him, when we jumped into this journey, you jumped into his saving arms. You jumped from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the marvelous light. You jumped off of the road of destruction and hell, and you landed on a narrow path that leads to eternity. Just look how far you have come. And here's what's really cool. This brings Paul really great joy that God is not done with us yet. He will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He is always working and he will continue to work until Jesus returns one day. Until that day that Jesus returns, God will continue to do his great work in us. From your lost state to a new creation in Jesus, he has brought you from eternal devastation to eternal hope and life. He has brought you from a newly born again birth to a renewed, revived, restored, reconciled life in Christ. He has brought you and me from a selfish, sinful, dirty, rebellious to a set-apart, born-again, purified, sanctified child of the King. You are a son, you are a daughter of His, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And He has brought you and He has bought you out to declare the praise of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light just remember just consider how far god has brought you so that so that you and the joy that he now has put in you and the blessed experiences that you are able to have with him and his people in this world that you will pass that joy on to others so that their joy can be complete. See, Paul is overflowing with joy at the sweet work of God. Man, man, that's good. Scripture is all about joy. The word is used 200 times in the Bible. The word rejoice 282 times in the Bible. What do you call it when when something shockingly Kind of takes your breath away. What do, you, what do you call that when that happens? When you see something, you're like, oh, it's like takes your breath away. Like maybe the, the bride coming in the back of the room or maybe a, a, a sunset over the ocean on a calm, beautiful, clear day. Or maybe a, maybe a, a performance of some sort done to perfection. Just breathtaking. The Bible talks about this inexpressible joy an inexpressible joy the scripture talks about and first peter he says it like this though you have not seen him you love him and even though you do not do not see him now you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy why for you are receiving the end result of your faith the salvation of your soul do you see what peter says Peter says, even now, we are receiving the salvation of our souls, knowing this brings great joy into our hearts, that we already won. We already have salvation. We already have eternal life. We've already got it. That brings joy. There should be joy in your soul. Eternal life is yours through Him. Remember, John said the same thing. The treasure is here among us. We already have Him. And because of Him, we are filled with this inexpressible and glorious joy. An unfathomable joy. A joy that leaves us speechless, breathtaking, and mind-blowing. The word actually indicates inexpressible the inability to find expression in words unutterable it's unutterable there are no words to describe the joy that Jesus has put in our life oh the joy the great inexpressible joy of God should fill your soul should fill our soul. And nothing on this planet, not the depths of despair, not the corruption of mankind, not the injustice of men, should ever steal it or replace it. Oh, that joy! Oh, the joy of God in us! Do you have this joy in your life? Is this joy, you, you, you will know it. If it's coming from deep within, you will know if that joy is in your heart. And the only way that that joy is deep-seated in your heart is if it, Jesus is in your heart. Have you come into a personal relationship with Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? Have you said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ? Have you been immersed into Christ? If you have done that, walk in the joy. If you have never accepted Christ, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, why not today? Why not give him all that you are? And go all in with Jesus. And let his salvation come and live in you. Let eternal life, the promise of heaven, be yours today. Let Jesus, the treasure that is greater than any treasure, be yours today. And let this joy not just flow in you, but flow from you. You will never experience God's joy without God living in you. And that's a decision that every one of us have got to make. Guys, have an amazing week. I'm looking so forward to this series and this topic about joy. But man, let's go share the joy. Let's go spread the joy. Let's pass it on so others can experience this great, amazing joy. God bless you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next time.